You're listening to the Informal Bible Study, a casual and applicational look at the Scriptures. I'm John Stonge, and it's great to have you with us today. In just a few moments, we're going to be looking at 1 Peter chapter 1, starting with verse 13 and going down to the end of the chapter, and we're going to be talking about the idea of drawing a line with your past. But before we take a look at that, just a couple quick things I wanted to share with you. If you haven't had the opportunity in a while to stop by our website, our website is desirejesus.com, and we're always adding new content there. We always put the transcripts of these messages there in blog form, and you're welcome to use those, download them, share them with others. Uh, whatever would be most helpful, we'd be happy to know that you're you're making good use of those. We also have our bookstore there. We have links to our sister podcast, which is the Chapter a Day Audio Bible. And right now I've been in the process of recording the book of Isaiah. And I was just kind of looking through um, just the the trajectory of when I could expect to be complete with the Old Testament and when I'll be starting the New Testament. And it looks like I'll be finished recording the Old Testament sometime around May 2018. And then when I begin recording the New Testament, sometime in January of 2019, I'll have the Bible completed. And that's been a uh, long-term goal of mine to actually sit down and record the entire Bible. I've been enjoying doing that. And if you think you might enjoy listening to the recordings of each chapter a day episode, uh, be sure to check it out through your favorite podcast player. We're grateful for the knowledge that people listen to it in a variety of places. I've actually noticed recently that our podcasts have apparently caught on in Japan. So if you're listening from Japan, thank you for listening. We've noticed that other than the United States, all of a sudden, Japan is the number two country where our podcasts are listened to. And that kind of happened quickly. All of a sudden, our listenership in Japan increased rapidly. So again, hello to all our listeners, wherever you are in the world, but we're saying a special hello today to those of you who are listening from Japan. But again, you can stop by our website, desirejesus.com. Again, we have a whole bunch of resources there for you. We also have the most recent 30-day devotional uh, of the Desire Jesus series. It's available for free download right from the website. And again, we hope you'll take advantage of it and enjoy it. Now, now, as I mentioned just a few moments ago, today we're looking at 1 Peter chapter 1, starting with verse 13, and we're talking about this idea of drawing a line with your past. And I think we would all probably admit that that can be a challenging thing to think about doing. Sometimes our minds and sometimes our hearts get stuck in the past. Sometimes trauma that we've experienced or difficulties that we've experienced or something that we feel ashamed of or embarrassed uh, by tend to be things that stick in our minds or stay in our hearts or whatever it may be. And yet we look in Scripture and it tells us that in Christ, we have been made a new creation. In Christ, we have been recreated. We've been made brand new. And as a new creation, there are certain things about that experience that the Lord wants us to understand and apply. So we're going to be looking at some of those today. So if you have a Bible handy, we're in 1 Peter chapter 1, and we're picking up at verse 13, and we'll be reading right down to verse 25. This is what it says. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. 
As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. And if you call on him as father, who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart, since you have been born again not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers, and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your word, and thank you for the privilege to be able to look at it together today. Lord, as those who have trusted in your Son, Jesus Christ, we pray that you would grant us wisdom, insight, discernment, and direction as we take a look at this portion of Scripture. Help us, by your grace, to apply these truths to our lives. We love you, Lord. We're grateful for your presence with us today, and we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Everyone has a past. Each of us can recall aspects of our life experiences that have taught us lessons, brought us pain, or caused us to feel embarrassed. Knowing what you know now, what would you do differently if you were given the opportunity to go back in time and live your life over? The good news is that in Christ, we have been made a new creation, and a line has been drawn with our past. Through him, We aren't who we used to be. We have been granted a new name and a new identity that isn't anchored in our mistakes, failures, embarrassments, or old nature. Still, sometimes we struggle with issues from our past that resurface again in our present. What kind of line is Christ inviting us to draw with our past? How is the Holy Spirit empowering us to live no longer for ourselves, but for Christ in the present? Well, one of the things that's brought up in the portion of Scripture that we're looking at today is the concept of setting your hope on the grace of Jesus Christ. Let me reread verse 13. It says this, Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you, at the revelation of Jesus Christ. The letters that the Holy Spirit inspired Peter to write aren't very long compared to some of the other books of the Bible, but they're packed with helpful counsel and helpful content for believers of all eras. In the midst of looking at the content that's shared in these passages, it becomes clear that Peter was a man of action. 
in his role of leadership in the early church, Peter was someone who strongly encouraged believers to do something with their faith. He wanted to see those who were under his care or influence actually putting their faith into practice. Even as we look at this section of his letter, we see Peter encouraging believers to do the right thing, not only with their bodies, but also with their minds. This is helpful to notice because the actions we commit with our hands have a direct connection to what we welcome into our thinking or allow our minds to dwell on. The counsel we're given here as followers of Jesus Christ is to, first of all, prepare our minds for action. We're being challenged to not just be people who dwell in the muddy waters of theories and speculation, but to use our minds in an active manner. But as we well know, there are plenty of things that challenge or even inhibit us from using our minds in an active and healthy way. Peter reminds us to be sober-minded. A sober-minded man is someone who yields their mind over to the Holy Spirit, and as a result, their mind is disciplined, focused, and morally straight. I'm often asked my opinion on certain drugs or drinks or medicines or even things like hypnosis uh, or images that are meant to entice or arouse. And one of my main reasons for not wanting to welcome these things into my life is because I lump them together into things that have the capacity to inhibit my desire to be a sober-minded follower of Christ. I think that's an area that we need to ask the Lord for discernment, because we never want to be giving up our ability to be sober-minded when faced with a variety of things that tempt us to go in that direction. So instead of yielding our minds over to competing affections, Peter encourages us to be hopeful people. Specifically, we're challenged to set our hope on Jesus Christ and the grace he delights to bring into our lives. I think this is particularly good counsel when something comes your way that seems to have a depressive effect. Our hope isn't in our circumstances. Our hope is in Christ. From there, Peter goes on to encourage the church not to conform to the passions of our old nature. Look at verse 14. He says it this way. He says, As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. So Peter goes on to challenge the readers of his letter. He he encourages us to see ourselves in a new light. Specifically, we're reminded that we are children of God who have the privilege of living in obedience to him. This is the kind of advice that sounds quite similar to the directions Jesus gave the apostles just before he returned back to heaven. I like what he says in Matthew chapter 28, starting with verse 18. He says this, the scripture reads, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus was encouraging the apostles to teach others to obey his teaching. So instead of living in obedience to our sin nature or the shameful ways of this world, we're encouraged 
to live as obedient children of God. Now, I don't know about you, but I know for me, this tends to be one of the biggest struggles I face as someone who truly desires to follow Jesus and truly desires to grow in my relationship with him. Peter speaks of the temptations of this world as passions that we gave into when we were living in ignorance. Now that we've been shown the light, we're challenged not to go back to the very things that Jesus rescued us from. But let's be honest, those things still tempt us. Gratefully, we haven't been called to face temptation without help. It's been said that temptation tends to fall into three primary categories, the lusts of the flesh, the lusts of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life. We have been enlightened by the Holy Spirit to begin seeing those lusts and those boasts for what they really are. They make false promises to soothe our hearts temporarily when all they really want to do is destroy our lives. And in Christ, we can see this now. And this is something that Peter was encouraging the church to be aware of. He goes on from there to encourage believers to walk in spirit-empowered holiness. Look again at what he says in verses 15 to verse 17. He says, But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. And if you call on him as Father, who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile. So what are we supposed to do? How do we draw the line between the old life we used to live and the new life we've been blessed with in Christ? According to this passage, we're encouraged to walk in holiness, just as Christ is holy. The way we conduct ourselves in this world is to be empowered by the Holy Spirit and reflective of Christ who has granted us his name and a place in his family. In a related way, we're encouraged here to conduct ourselves with a healthy form of fear as well. It's helpful for you and me to recognize that God the Father holds us accountable to him. He sees how we conduct ourselves, and he has the power to intervene in our lives if he chooses to, however he chooses to, right? We're cautioned to remember that, partly so we will learn to revere and respect the Lord, and also so we will be mindful not to willfully take our lives in a direction that is in direct opposition to the will of God. Conversationally, all believers would probably admit that this is one of the primary goals that they have for their life, to walk in obedience to the Lord. I desire that, and you probably do as well. But there's two very different ways Christians have tried to approach this objective. One approach is damaging to your faith and damaging to your testimony, and the other approach is helpful. The difference between the two is the strength you seek to rely on for the help you need. If I rely on my strength to empower my obedience, I'll become a proud, rule-keeping Christian who develops a pattern of looking down on others who don't keep my arbitrary standards as well as I'm convinced I'm keeping those standards. I'll also begin to experience despair when I stumble and a hesitancy to confess my sin because it will challenge my sense of identity to do so. But if I rely on the power of the Holy Spirit to work within me, 
I won't develop an unhealthy dependence on my flesh. I'll maintain hope in the midst of my struggles, and I'll be willing to confess my sin because my sense of identity and my sense of well-being won't be anchored in my personal abilities or self-reliance. Something else that Peter encourages the church to be mindful of, and something that we would do well to remember, is that we were ransomed. We need to know that we were ransomed. This all factors into drawing a line with our past. Look at verse 18 and several verses following it. It says, Knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. Our identity is not anchored in our flesh. Our new sense of identity is found in who we are in Jesus. Peter wanted believers to remember this, probably in part because he could testify to what it was like to forget it. But as believers in Christ, he encouraged us to know something about what Jesus did for us. He wanted us to know for certain and regularly remember that we had been ransomed from the futile life we inherited from our forefathers. We inherited a sinful nature that bound us like prisoners, but Jesus ransomed us. He paid for our freedom with his own blood. Knowing that we're that precious to our Lord, what kind of impact should that have on how we see ourselves? What kind of value should we start to place on our own lives if Christ valued us enough to do this for us? Not long ago, I was talking to a family member who had temporarily forgotten this, and I prayed with her. And I encouraged her to remember once again just how much she's loved by Jesus. We were ransomed by his blood. Through Jesus, we've been set free. Through Jesus, we've been blessed with a brand new identity. We are part of his family. And this scripture concludes by encouraging us as members of his family who are deeply loved by him to love one another. Again, look at verse 22 in particular. It says this, Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. So again, as people who are loved by Christ, we're encouraged to practice that kind of love toward each other. We're invited to be sincere toward each other and love one another from a pure heart. God, who is loving by nature, chose to show us love in Christ, even when we weren't making ourselves very easy to love. Likewise, I'm certain that we have all made it challenging at times for others to love us, and others have made it challenging to love them. But we're called and empowered to love as we've been loved, without a list of prerequisites or conditions, without pretense. During the past few weeks here in the United States, there have been some majorly debilitating weather events in two of our states in particular, Texas and Florida. 
And maybe some of you already saw this, but I saw a news story published by the Washington Times the other day that said Christians in particular outpaced FEMA, our Federal Emergency Management Agency, in the amount of aid they provided in the immediate aftermath of the storms. I thought this was a rather contemporary application of the concept being described right here in this passage. We love one another in active and tangible ways because Christ loved us in active and tangible ways first. Through Jesus, we're invited to draw a line with our past, our hopes, obedience, strength, and love are now anchored in Him. The futility and ignorance that once enveloped us has been robbed of its power as we've been graced with new life in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you again for the privilege to be able to look at your word. And we thank you, Lord, for the fact that in your Son, Jesus Christ, a line has been drawn with our past. Lord, you've made us a new creation. You've given us new objectives. You've given us new hopes. You've given us the power to be obedient to you in the midst of a culture that invites us and tempts us to go in a direction that is not honoring to you. Lord, we know that you love us, and we know that you want us to follow you. We know that you want us to be obedient to your leading and obedient to your teaching. And likewise, Lord, we know that you want us to be people who show your love in the midst of the relationships that you've blessed us with here on this earth. So, Lord, by your grace, we pray that that would be exactly what we would do. And we're grateful, Lord, for your love. We're grateful for your presence with us. And we're grateful for these reminders and encouragements that come directly from your word. We commit this day to your care, and we praise you, Lord, for being present with us in it. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you again for listening to this episode of the Informal Bible Study. Again, as I said at the open of our episode, we'd invite you to stop by our website, which is desirejesus.com. And again, we have a whole bunch of resources over there for you. We have various books in our bookstore. We also have the latest 30-day devotional in the Desire Jesus series available for free download right from the website. And we have transcripts of all of the teaching that we have been sharing over the past few months. So if any of that would interest you, stop by DesireJesus.com. And don't be afraid to drop me an email. Let me know if you're listening. Let me know if there's any way that we could be praying for you during the course of this coming week. I assure you that that's something that we would be more than happy to do. It's always nice to hear from those who listen to the episodes of this podcast. But that's it for us today. Thanks again for listening. We hope you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. And we look forward to catching up with you again right here next Monday. Take care. Have you ever attempted to read the entire Bible? Did you do it, or did you only make it part way? 
I'm John Stonge, and I host a podcast that will make it possible for you to make it through the entire Bible, one chapter at a time. I've been hosting the Chapter a Day Audio Bible Podcast since 2015, and every single day of the week, I read one chapter of Scripture, then follow that up with a time of prayer. And if you're looking for daily insights and inspiration directly from God's Word, I hope you'll give the Chapter a Day Audio Bible a listen. You can find it at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app.